Welcome to a new episode of Lighthearted. My name is Anna. And my name is Bracey, and we're two average gals chatting about what it means to grow, except we're not chatting about what it means to grow today because our episode is very long. <laughs> That's true. And honestly, we're just like too excited for this episode. Like we don't want you to have to listen to us chatter on when there's so much goodness to come. Really? Uh, we had this idea because we have a couple of friends who have just funny and outrageous stories about when they were dating and we needed to immortalize them for everybody. Yeah. These are like top notch, funny, crazy, twisty, turny dating stories. They really, really are. Yeah. So we hope you enjoy and we'll cut right to it. So our first guest that we interviewed for this dating episode, I am over the moon about. Uh, her name is Christian Page Barry Spencer. She is hilarious and kind. She knows every word to every Drake song. So Drake, if you're listening, we have your number one fan here. Uh, we have been friends, gosh, I don't even know, almost all of our lives. And I actually lived with Christian and her husband, Ammon for a few months when I first moved out to Portland, which was truly like a lifelong dream come true for both of us to get to live together, actually. And it she was. is one of the loves of my life. So please welcome Christian. Yay. I'm so excited oh. to have you here because I feel like I've heard so much from Anna about you. And it's just nice to connect a voice and a face to the stories. Thank you. Same, Bracey, especially because I do know your voice pretty well from <laughs> listening to your podcast. It's, it's super fun. Super fun to be here. Thank you, Anna. I'm obsessed with Anna. So <laughs> Aren't we all? She, there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing she couldn't ask me to do that I wouldn't do. <laughs> Even come on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which yeah, I'm yeah. actually super excited to do. I think this is gonna be fun. <laughs> all right. So the first thing we want to know is we just need to hear about what the culture of Mormon dating is. Yeah, I mean I think it's interesting. I, like obviously well, spoiler alert to listeners, I'm Mormon. <laughs> so I have a very extensive dating experience within Mormon culture. And to be totally honest, I'm not 100% sure how different it is from normal dating culture, because basically my whole adult life, I was dating within the like Mormon bubble culture. Um, so maybe as we talk today, we can kind of find out how different those yeah. two are yeah. actually. But yeah, before I before I go on, I just want to give a quick plug, because technically, we go by members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Oh, okay. I Got will it. Continue, I will continue to refer to us as Mormons because it's just easier and it comes off the tongue a lot quicker, but um, at least I can know I said that on the podcast. It's a little, Mormons is just the nickname. It's the nickname. It's easy. It's like what we've been known by forever. So like, it's not an offensive thing by any means. Okay. So I guess where to start? There's two main factors that I wanted to touch on when it comes to Mormon dating culture. And they're almost opposite factors. And so they create like a really weird juxtaposition when you're living in a highly Mormon populated area, um, and you're trying to date and meet people. So the first thing is, I'm, I know Anna knows this, Bracey, I don't know how much you know about my religion. But um, I mean, there is a huge push for marriage, right? Like, mm -hmm. Marriage is really important in our culture and in our religion. And um, it just makes dating way more formal, um, I guess I could say. There's 
not to say that there isn't, you know, more casual kind of fun dating, but um, it creates a mindset of anytime you're introduced to someone or anytime you want to pursue some kind of a romantic relationship with someone, there's a mindset of, am I going to marry this person? Yeah. There's always and an end goal sometimes, in mind. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, this is either I'm going to marry you or we're going to break up, which creates a lot of awkwardness, I think. Um, and I and I don't think that it's necessarily uh, inherently a bad thing that people have an end goal when they are dating. But I do think it has some negative side effects, um, especially when it's not handled right. Yeah. Do you feel like people know that pretty quickly? Like if you were casually dating somebody or dating somebody for a couple months and you were like, okay, I like this person, but I don't think they're for me long term. Like, is that like, okay, we should just end this now because this isn't going to go any further? Or is it like, oh, we'll see where it goes? I mean, I'm sure it depends for some people, but. Yeah, I mean, I would say it depends. Of course, we're, you know, when I'm speaking of this, like, I'm being super general, like, obviously, there's tons of scenarios where people do just sort of want to see where it goes. Or maybe you feel really connected to someone, even though you don't see yourself married to them. And so it's just more difficult to break things off. Mm -hmm. But I would say more oftentimes than not, it builds these really quick, shorter, romantic interactions with people, if that makes sense. So there's, Mm -hmm. so there's more uh, dates that go on for two or three dates, and more, you know, breakups before you really have gotten to truly know someone. So it's like a really intense, like first maybe month that you know somebody and then you might never like talk to or see them again. Is that right? Totally. Yeah. And Bracey, that brings up a a good point that kind of is, I would say, like a factor of the like marriage mindset is if you've figured out that you're not interested in being with this person long term, it makes it really easy for you to maybe mistreat them in the sense of like ghosting, not being responsive, not explaining yourself. So that happened to me a lot. Just, you know, going on a handful of dates, enjoying someone and not me not being in the mindset of maybe I'll marry them, maybe I won't, but just in the mindset of I want to get to know someone and have fun and maybe make a friend, maybe have a romantic relationship. Whereas the other person is, am I going to marry this person? And so our mindsets wouldn't be the same. And so I would just after two or three dates wouldn't hear from someone. Oh, yeah. That's and tough. so I kind of after that happens a couple of times, you figure out like, wow, they must have, you know, and then you'll see on Facebook, like six months later, they're engaged or something. And you're like, okay, I guess. <laughs> okay, I guess we were on different pages yeah, with what we were looking okay. for. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a high pressure situation for sure. I also yeah. wonder how much it happens where people who might have a connection that just takes a little longer to develop don't actually end up developing a connection. Totally. I mean, I am of kind of the belief that I don't necessarily believe in like a soulmate, um, except for me and Anna. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. There are always exceptions. Yeah, of course. I look at my husband now and I certainly feel like right now he is my soulmate, right? Because we, we chose that for ourselves. But I do think that there are lots of people that you could connect with and do really well with and have a really great life with. Um, but when your mindset is like, I need to know if I'm going to marry this person. Plus with our like, 
you know, other religious sort of stricter, like sexual standards, there's just this pressure of like, I need to figure out if I'm going to get married to this person within the next couple of dates. Right. And that creates for a lot of, I don't know, a lot of barriers in getting to really know someone and giving someone enough time to get to know them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I totally think there are tons of misconnections because you just don't want to wait four more dates to find out if they have all of these other traits that you're looking for. Yeah. Wait to feel the spark or something. Right. I will say that on the topic of how different your dating experience was versus, you know, outside of your church, I feel like it's a really extreme version of some of the dating that happens, at least in the South, because there are a lot of people who are very marriage focused because of religious beliefs. I just don't think Mm -hmm. it's maybe quite as like extreme. Right. I could see that. And I mean, again, like, I don't necessarily think that's a a bad thing. I mean, at least when you're dating, it's probably if you're dating for a serious reason, it's probably a good thing to know, like, okay, is to know what you're looking for and to be like prepared to find a partner. It does create issues in dating. I think, yeah, I think it's uh, really good if that's what you're looking for, at least to know what you're mm-hmm, looking for. Because right. I would say that I was the same way. Like, I, I wanted to be married, so I was looking for somebody who wanted to be married. And I was very clear about that from right. the get-go. I just didn't feel the pressure, I think. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it takes that question away of, like, defining the relationship of, mm-hmm. like, oh, like, will this turn into yeah. a long-term thing? Or, like, will will it fizzle or won't it? Or, like, whatever it's – or what do they want? Like, do they want to be married? It takes, like, that whole – that whole piece of it, like, feels like it's not even part of the equation, which, honestly, is great. <laughs> like, yeah. <it's> right. <laughs> you don't have to wonder, like, what the other person's goal is. You're like, oh, no, we all want right. to get married here. Like, that's what we want to yeah. do. So <laughs> – there's no like intense, probably defining the relationship conversation that has to happen other than like, I mean, you know, like leaving my girlfriend and like whatever, but it probably happens quicker than it might in like other types of dating situations. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree. Yeah. It's sort of more in a pressure cooker than in a, right. a microwave. You're not going to like date somebody <laughs> for like eight months. Cause I mean, I definitely know people who like dated for a many, many, many months and then like finally became like official. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, like, why did that take so like, I don't to, I'm like, that would cause me so much anxiety. Oh, yeah. I feel like that right. is a huge source of stress for people who aren't very secure in where they are in it, like within a dating oh, totally. dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I think that's a big element in Mormon dating culture is just this pressure to get married and mm-hmm. kind of all the things that that breeds. The second big point that I would like to talk about is particularly in Utah County, which consists of Provo, Utah and Orem, Utah. In those two cities, there are two huge schools. There's BYU and there's UVU, Utah Valley University. And so there's just tons of younger adults. You know, Mormonism is obviously like a worldwide religion. And so this, these two schools bring people from all over the world, definitely all over the country, but all over the world into one pretty small area. And it's like the best, brightest, most athletic, smartest, hottest Mormons in the world, all in one, (laughs) all in one County. (laughs) And if you're a Mormon who grew up in like a small town, you know, like myself, I mean, Anna knows I 
my high school dating wasn't really very serious. And Mm -mm. I never knew a Mormon boy when I was in high school. Yeah. And so when I moved to, I went to BYU, Idaho, which is an expert, which is a much smaller, uh, I mean, it's the same culture, it's the same issues, but it's on a smaller scale. So I dated there for four years. And then I moved to Provo when I graduated for three years before I got married. So I lived in Provo for three years. And just really experienced this, I mean, went from being, you know, feeling like a medium sized fish in like a kind of smallish pond to like a tiny little fish in the ocean. Like Mm -hmm. if a guy back, you know, if there was an LDS, a Mormon guy in Hickory, North Carolina, looking for a girl who, you know, liked to play sports and liked to be outside and was funny, like I would meet that immediately and he wouldn't feel like he had any other options and he'd be obsessed with me (laughs) but then you move to Provo and there's like 1800 of us who like to be outside and are funny and are normal you know quote-unquote normal Mormons and Mm -hmm. meet all of these standards and not to mention they're like way more beautiful and so there's just always there's this the grass is greener mindset Mm -hmm. or I guess I should say there's the is the grass greener mindset because you meet someone in Provo who checks a lot of boxes. Um, And then the next week you might meet someone who maybe checks one extra box. So it's, it's extremely competitive on top of the pressure for marriage. Is, is there, there's a specific app, right? For LDS Mm -hmm. dating. What's it? What is it? I did not know that. What is it called? That's how my husband and I met. That's amazing. (laughs) They swiped right. Yeah, we did. Um, It's called Mutual. Mutual. Okay. I like it. That's kind of genius. Yeah. Oh, it's totally genius. I mean, I was on Tinder when I lived in Provo for a couple of months. I don't even know if I actually went on any dates from Tinder. And then I was in a relationship when Mutual came out and I had heard all about it. And so I, it wasn't until a few years later that I actually got on. But yeah, I mean, it's like, if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking for someone who is also, you know, has like the same, you know, whatever goals and standards as you, it's way easier if you're just like, okay, I'm just gonna focus on only those, that group of people by using mutual. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting, because in talking with my husband, so he grew up in Orem, uh, which is, you know, like the dating Mormon capital of the world, right? Mm -hmm. And he grew up there, lived there uh, his whole life, went to college there, went to graduate school there, moved to Portland as a single person. And he dated outside of our church, you know, went on dates and stuff outside of our church. But he just, he also dated within our church here, which is way smaller up here. And your options are just like way, they're just, you have less options. (laughs) And um, he, I mean, he had good and bad experiences, but one of the things that he has enjoyed or appreciated the most about being outside of Utah County is that he's had this opportunity to make friends with people that he probably wouldn't have ever even really given a shot in Utah County, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, because there's just always someone who's got more in common with you, or there's always someone who's like a little bit cooler, or there's always someone who's more attractive, whereas here you know, you, if, if you're dating within the Mormon church up here, there's just not a ton of people living here to date. And so you get to know people that you wouldn't have and you 
you know, learn to appreciate things in people that you wouldn't have, you know, at other times. Yeah. I feel like that's maybe a little healthier too. (laughs) You're exposing yourself to different types of people. And just because somebody is like what you think you might want, that doesn't mean that that's what is going to be best for you in a lot of cases. Right. Right. Or yeah, when you actually like get that person that you think checks all these boxes, it's like, oh, okay, like they have all these qualities I want, but there's no like click. One question I have is, is there any weirdness about like going out on dates with people that your friends have gone on dates with? Like if they went on like two dates with some guy or some girl or whatever, and then it just, you know, it was like, okay, this isn't a marriage match. So like, whatever, move on. Like, are there hurt feelings about that? Or is it like girl code and bro code or like whatever? Or is that not as an in existence quite as much? I would say it's not in existence quite as much. Okay. I think it does exist to a point, right? Like if I had someone that I had been in a more committed relationship with that, you Mm -hmm. know, I felt like was moving to marriage and it didn't end up going there, that would be a relationship. That would be someone that I wouldn't be comfortable seeing one of my girlfriends go on dates with and and same, you know, vice versa. But in terms of like, yeah, I went on a couple of dates with them. They're nice. It's not going to work out. I don't like by all means you date them. Um, I actually have a kind of funny story. It's not about me, but in my, one of my friend groups living in Provo, uh, there was a guy and a girl who'd been dating for several months. I mean, we thought for sure, like they were on their way to getting married Mm -hmm. and, uh, they, the relationship ended and it was pretty devastating. I think for both of them, certainly for the girl, she had a really hard time with it. And, um, another guy friend, who was a part of that group. He actually used to live with the boy in this relationship. Mm-hmm. They used to be roommates. I mean, within about a month of their breakup, he reached out to the guy and asked if he could take his ex-girlfriend on a date. And, you know, the guy said, sure, go ahead. And they ended up getting married. So, and there was just nothing, you know, I mean, it was just very like, Hey, it didn't work out with us. It might work out with you guys. No hard feelings. And, um, yeah, so there's a lot less of the like bro code, girl code. Wow, yeah. that's fascinating. I can't imagine like two of my guy friends dating the same girl. That seems crazy <laughs> to me. I yeah, know. and that happens a lot. It happens a lot. Wow. Part of me feels like, wow, that is like so mature. And then part of me is like, oh my God, I could never. <laughs> I would be so upset. I, yeah, I could never. <laughs> I would struggle with but, that. Yeah, sure. it, but it is very mature. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I, I would I didn't. I wasn't down for that. I wasn't into that, but a lot of people were. It's a no, it's a no for us, okay? And, yes. <laughs> okay, so I hear that you have an interesting dating story to tell us. I do, I do. I when Anna asked me about this, I had lots of stories come flooding to my mind. <laughs> Um, but, but one, I think takes the cake and, or at least it's one that I've retold so many times that I'm like this one, I've workshopped it. Like it's gotta go on the (laughs) pod. Oh, I can't wait. I need this, I need this one recorded. I need to be able to like refer back to this one. So when I first moved to Provo, it must've been 2015. And I was like 23 or 24. I just graduated from college. I served a mission so for my church. So I graduated from college like maybe a year later than like most people do. 
I got a job um, at a really small tech startup. It was like an office of like 30 people and I was the only female in the office, which was kind of new for me and interesting. And there were some barriers, but I spent a lot of time just trying to like make friends or like make it a comfortable like workspace. Mm -hmm. And um, there were two guys there who were my age ish. They were like still in college doing little internships. So they were way easier to connect with and like make friends with. But everyone else was, you know, they were like well established adults with like families and, you know, things going on. So it was kind of awkward. It was just an awkward scenario for me to be in. So anyway, I end up making kind of developing like a, a rapport with a group of guys who were really close with each other, mainly because they had this sort of side thing going on. And they were looking for a copywriter, which was what I had been hired to do at this tech company. But they were so disorganized, I didn't actually write hardly any copy for them. I just did like every other random job that no one else would do that they just would hand to me. So it was not ideal, but they kind of, they kind of like roped me in as like, Hey, will you work with us on this side project that we have? We really need a copywriter. And I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. So like totally kind of got involved with this group of guys who, again, three out of four of them were married. They were all like well into their thirties, had children. And one of them in particular, I'm going to call him cowboy because he was straight up, but he was just straight up a cowboy, (laughs) wore the boots, you know, he rode horses, lived out in the country, like total cowboy. He, from the get go, from my first day in the office, stood out to me, right? Very attractive guy. He had on his, like the screensaver of his laptop, a picture of two children. So they never wore a wedding ring. And so I just wasn't totally sure what was going on. Um, Mm -hmm. But over time, meeting up with these guys, kind of trying to like work on this little project with them, I found out that he was divorced and had two children. And so I was like, oh, probably not like something that I'm actually interested in, right? Because I'm 23, just moved to like the dating Mormon dating capital of the world, like just trying to sow my my wild oats. (laughs) And um, I will say he kind of began to like aggressively pursue me. And it started with like Instagram messaging, like just messaging me about like work stuff. And then it just like evolved into personal stuff. And then it evolved into, can I take you out to dinner so we can talk about this and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. So we start to get to know each other and he does start to like pursue like a romantic relationship with me. Right. And I didn't super mind because he was very attractive, but our time together was always a little bit odd because I think he might have been like the first, maybe only narcissist I've ever like encountered. Oh shoot! Um, and and <laughs> I don't think I, I knew that in the moment. Uh-uh. <laughs> I don't think I knew that in the moment. Looking back, I'm like pretty sure he checks like almost every narcissist box. But in the moment, I I just all I knew was like, man, this guy loves. He thinks very highly of himself. And he doesn't know a thing about me. <laughs> and he he did. I think in, in the in the moment I always thought like, oh, he's just sort of lonely. You know, his ex-wife has the kids. He, you know, he goes home from work by himself. Like I had roommates. I had like a social life. And so there was a part of me that sort of felt bad for him. But he he just loved to go on and on about himself. And I know 
still, I can remember a lot of really intimate details about this guy. Um, and I, I don't recall ever sharing any like really personal side of myself with him. Right. So anyway, we go on, I don't know, a handful of dates. This goes on for a couple of months. Meanwhile, I'm still dating other people and just kind of like having fun in Provo. And I'm getting to a point with him where I'm like, this just isn't cutting it for me anymore. Like these like dates that we go on are draining to me. Like just Mm -hmm. sitting there listening is just becoming draining. And I no longer really feel like I'm fulfilling like a purpose. You know, I think for a while I thought I was like kind of helping him out, helping him feel better about himself. Oh, I don't Mm -hmm. know. But I just got to a point where I was like, this isn't working for me. And so I was slowly kind of like not being as responsive, but it was also awkward because we worked together. So I didn't fully know how to go about it. Right. So the second to last time that I remember talking to him, he calls me up. It's probably, I don't know, 536 at night and asks if I want to go to the hot springs with him. So outside of maybe 45 minutes outside of Provo, there are these really cool hot springs and it's like a 30 minute hike. And um, just these really beautiful, natural blue pools that you can sit in. Okay. At what point were you scared he was going to murder you? Because that's where I feel like this is going. <laughs> <laughs> he can tell you're pulling away. As and he's like, I- all right, do you want to go to this remote area with me in the forest? <laughs> I will say, I mean, I looking when I look back on some of the things that I did when I was single, I'm like, I was an idiot. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't have any like, tr- like red flags, honestly, until we were like hiking in the dark. And then I was like, hmm, I don't know if this feels great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my Maybe gosh. not my best idea. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, hmm. All right. All right. But I mean, t- t- usually these hot springs, they're like super popular spot. There's usually tons of people mm-hmm. there. Granted, it was like a Wednesday night. But I mean, really, the only reason I said yes is because I, you know, I love these hot springs. I enjoy hiking. So I was like, yeah, it'd be a fun we just in the yeah. evening. It was not fun. You know, it was like, what an hour and a half total of driving with him just talking. It was an hour total of hiking with him talking. It was probably an hour or two of like sitting in these hot springs with just him talking. And mm-hmm. by the time we got back to my apartment, I could tell he like wanted me to be like, Hey, you want to come hang out, you know, come inside, hang out for a little bit. But I was like, done. It's like 11 o'clock at night. I'm just, I'm done with this guy. And at some point, while we're sitting there and I'm trying to figure out, okay, I'm trying to get my exit strategy to get out of the car without like asking him if he wants to hang out. He mentions that he had quit our job that day. Oh shoot. And so I'm like, all of a sudden I like perk up and I'm like, okay, I have an out. Like I, I yeah. can end this and this not have great. to see him awkwardly every single day. And, uh, so you know, I'm like, Oh, you know, bummer. Sorry. Okay. Well I got to go. And, and he's like, Oh, before you leave, like there's something I wanted to talk to you about. And, I'm just losing my mind because I'm like, you've had the last like five hours to talk to me about whatever you want to talk about, you know? And so I'm like, what's up? And he starts to talk about wanting to like date exclusively. And, you know, we've been seeing each other for, I want to say like two months. And again, he's like 37, 38, has two children. I'm like 23. And I'm like, in what world does he think that this is like, a situation that I want to be in. But granted, I had never expressed to him otherwise. So <laughs> I probably like okay. set myself up for that. Were you dating other people at all during this time? Like how often were you seeing this yeah. guy? I don't know, like 
I would say formally, he would like ask me on a date, like pick me up, take me on a date, like every other weekend. But because we worked okay. together, he would invite me to lunch almost every day, or he'd want to go on a, you know, take a walk break every day, or like, hey, let me give you a ride home at night. And so, okay, to be you. fair, we probably spent more time together than like I actually would like to admit. Well, also probably um, in his head, because you spent so much time together, like that was what made it like real and a real situation sure. where you might actually want to date him exclusively. Yeah. But when right. I'm like, oh, I, you and, only went yeah. on like a formal date every other weekend, I'm like, oh, that's not that much. Like, Mm-mm. so that's probably, mm. right. that's like four, four to six dates, probably formally. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's not that many. Yeah. We didn't go on that many dates. And of course, yeah, to your point, Bracey, like, he talked to me about a lot of things and like shared a lot of, a lot about himself. He shared a lot. And so I'm sure he kind of felt like maybe I was this person that he had like some kind of connection with, but I, I swear to this day, like you could have asked him anything about me and he wouldn't have been able to answer. Ouch. Yeah. How many siblings <laughs> does she have? I don't know. Where'd she grow up? I don't think I ever asked it. That's so embarrassing for him. You know what I mean? He probably yeah. wouldn't even yeah. think about it. Obviously, yeah. He's just like, oh, finally, I don't, I don't know if he will listen to me talk for five hours on a Wednesday night. Right. <laughs> I found yeah. my person. Some girl <laughs> finally found, finally found the one who's just like not brave enough yet to tell me to like shut up. <laughs> my only requirement is that she doesn't talk; she only listens. <laughs> right. Yes. I was how it felt. Oh gosh, that was how it felt. So this conversation, he's like. I want to be exclusive with you. He starts to list off reasons why. Cause I, and I told him like pretty quickly, like, Hey, I, that's not really what I'm interested in. I'm really young and I just don't feel like I want to be in a serious relationship right now. And mm-hmm. he's like, okay, I understand. But <laughs> he, he goes on to like literally <laughs> list reasons why I shouldn't feel that way and why I should want to be with him. One of those reasons being that he has money. <laughs> And he like, he can pay for dinner whenever we can go out to any kind of expensive dinner whenever we want. And it's like, wouldn't faze him because he has Mm. money and he has a career. Whereas these college boys that I'm seeing like can't do that for me. (laughs) And like a college age girl, why? Like, that's not necessarily what I'm looking for right now. Right. Also, didn't you just quit your job today? (laughs) Right. Like how how long how many months do we have with this all this money that you talk of? Yeah. Right. And like that's what I need to know. I feel I feel like that just points to how much he like doesn't actually know you that he thinks that you would that that oh, would yeah. be the thing that might change your mind. Like, hey, you can go out um every night to dinner and get an expensive and I'm like, mm, that's like not really the jam actually. Like, <laughs> yeah. like yeah, you yeah. haven't learned that much about me. Yeah. Yeah. So just like very, very cringy. It's like getting very uncomfortable. And I've already like expressed to him a couple of times like, yeah, okay, I like all those things about you, I guess. That's all great. But I'm really just not interested in being in a serious relationship. And I'm like, and I really like I have to go I have to get get out. And it's like, I don't know if this was genuine. I don't know if this was like a last ditch effort to like, get me to say yes to being exclusive with him. But he's like, pulls me in for a hug as I'm getting ready to leave. And he's like, there's one more thing. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my gosh, what? And he says that he loves me. <laughs> no. Oh. Oh, my gosh. poor sweet little cowboy. 
Oh no. <laughs> oh, so and I honestly, you guys, I I feel like I blacked out after that because I don't really remember <laughs> what happened next, but I know that I was like out of that car within seconds of him saying mm-hmm. that. I know I didn't mm-hmm. have any response to it. And I was like in my house, I lived with my sister at the time. I'm like freaking out, like hanging on her door. I'm like, I have to tell you what just happened to me. It was shocking and it was cringy. And I only talked to him one other time after that. I didn't even see him. It was like a phone conversation, but yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. I honestly thought he was like, maybe going to pull a ring out. I was like, what is happening? Yeah, honestly, proposal did cry. I think that would have like been the this. next date. Yeah. Well, yeah. obviously. Yeah. He was already in love. He had a lot of reasons why you should also love him. So yeah, I feel like if you'd gone out one more time, you might've gotten engaged. Well, wow. 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 It was a close it call. A close call. <laughs> I'm so glad that you made it out. So crazy. <laughs> Also, who who does yeah. that? Right. To someone who keeps saying, I'm not interested. Yeah. I remember, like, getting in my apartment and, like, just freaking out, like, laugh, like, just hyster- in hysterics, like, telling my sister, like, this is the funniest thing, the craziest thing that's ever happened to me. And then the more I talked about it with friends, and I feel bad, like, I do hope he never listens to this because I, I have no clue what he's what's going on in his life anymore. I'm sure he's doing great, but I'm sure he's wildly financially successful. <laughs> he is going out to dinner every night. <laughs> every night. And he's taking some great girl who's really quiet with him. <laughs> and they're very happy. <laughs> but I, I mean, because I trashed this guy for months. This was like my go-to story. Like, couldn't get enough of just my girlfriends and I just like dying over this story. But the more I talked about it, the more I realized he was incredibly manipulative. He was incredibly, you know, just yeah. like, I just felt like he was trying super, like the whole course of those two months, like everything he did was taking advantage of a girl who like didn't have a ton of dating experience. And yeah, he thought he could, (laughs) he thought he was going to be able to, I don't know get what he wanted from a much younger girl who like didn't really have the confidence that you know maybe some of the other women that he was dating I don't know but well and I feel like the fact that you were the only female working there like that should have been like off limits immediately I understand that like people meet people at work and like that's how a lot of relationships form and that's awesome but if you're literally the only female working there, like, that's so weird. I feel like it's, the it's director or president or whatever, like, yeah, she'd be like, hey, FYI, Christian's off limit. So nobody better ask her out because we want to, <laughs> we know. don't want to create like an uncomfortable work environment. Yeah. It's definitely a precarious situation yeah. for sure. Oh, geez yeah. Louise. Wow. 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 I can't believe I've never heard yeah. this story because I would have remembered. Yeah. Well, I've, <laughs> I've moved on to better times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely i feel like i have told anna other like kind of crazy weird dating stories but yeah that one that one's sort of old mm-hmm. you know so that one i haven't i haven't even thought about that one in a long time until you had like asked about a weird dating story and, and then i'm like oh i totally forgot about this crazy story <laughs> it's nice to and i even that. told Ammon, <laughs> yeah i was he's like what story are you gonna tell i'm like well i was thinking about telling about that guy and he's like oh the guy who told you he loved you <laughs> <laughs> he like knew immediately i'm like yeah that one <laughs> I mean, there's a reason the story is famous. (laughs) Yes. How long have you and Ammon been married? Three and a half-ish years, a little less than three and a half. How long did you date before you got married? Yeah, 
<laughs> I was like, I knew this question was going to come up. Um, we dated for like nine months before we were married. Yeah, but how long um, before you were engaged? Yeah, so we were engaged after five months, maybe a little yeah. less than five months. The, it's interesting. I mean, we a lot of people that I know, you know, got married quickly and their story is like, Oh, but we were, we knew each other. Like we were in the same friend group for years or like we knew about each other. And Ammon and I, we literally met for the first time in December of 2017. And then we were married in August of 2018. So we didn't even know each other for a full year. Didn't even know each other existed for a full year until yeah before we got married. I was trying to remember because when did we, we saw each other maybe it was before you got engaged, but you, I think you had, and Ammon had maybe just started hanging out. Like, I feel like you guys had seen each other a few times or maybe had hung out for like a month or had just started dating. And you were like, just FYI, like probably going to get married this year. <laughs> I was like, wait, you've only hung out with this guy like three <laughs> times. I, honestly, but like, though, like that was my same that. experience too. Cause it was like, long distance. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I, Seb and I went on like four dates in like eight days or something like that. And Mm -hmm. we were pretty much immediately discussing marriage. Wow. See, I feel like I hear that. And so maybe, I don't know, maybe like Mormon dating culture isn't like that wildly different. Um, I feel like I hear that similar story among other Mormons, but not as frequently among like, you know, non yeah, I will say, I don't think that, like, I've dated, you know, several people before Seb pretty long term. And that wasn't, I would say that for those relationships, marriage was like on the table, but it wasn't something we were actively discussing. But when Seb and I met, mm-hmm. we were like, okay, yeah. well, we're done. You kind of knew. Yeah. yeah. I feel like too, once you have like been in some like longer relationships, then you just start to know like what you want or like what, what feels oh, yeah. right, what doesn't feel right. So then when you like meet that right person then yeah it just makes sense you're like oh okay like this this feels right i know i know what i'm looking for i know what what feeling i'm searching for and so then yeah it feels silly to waste time i guess you know you know it's a saying for a reason oh my gosh chrissy bear thank you so much for coming on and sharing yeah thank you so much that was this was fun we can't wait to have you back loved every minute of it okay good all right next up we have My friends, Sarah and Erica, I'm really excited to hear their stories. I've already heard them. Anna has not. I met Erica and Sarah on the same night when they were both very drunk in a bar. It was a great time. But Erica is actually the one that introduced me to Seb. So thank you again for that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She is forever in your debt. I mean, honestly, we do tend to buy her beer on our anniversary. So yeah. There was a phase. I was getting a Heineken mini keg every year. Yeah. And then she told us to stop with the mini kegs because she couldn't drink that much. Yeah, (laughs) Six pack does the job. But yeah, I'm excited to hear your stories. Which one of you wants to go first? Uh, What if we did like a sandwich? Like I told one, Erica told one, and I told another one. I have two that I think are funny. That sounds perfect. I love it. Okay, cool. So a little back context um, for honestly, for both of these, I feel like I haven't had a lot of terrible dates, but I had a lot of fairly boring dates. And so 
this first one, I actually was really excited about. Like, beforehand, we had a lot of really good banter. Like, he actually seemed like someone I could potentially, like, enjoy dating. And so, um, something about me is I tend to run late. And so, I was very determined to not do that for this date. And so... Also, I'm a pretty casual person, and turns out, I can't remember what it's called, but we had already said we were going on a date, and then he told me we were going to go to this place that was, like, at the top of a building downtown that was, like, a members-only situation that I was like, oh, no, is this, like, a can-I-wear-jeans situation? Like, I'm not trying to show up to this club in jeans if everyone's dressed nice. So it was fine. It was somewhat casual. So I got there pretty early, I thought, because I, like, didn't know downtown that well at the time. And so I ended up walking super far the wrong direction, so I'm getting a little flustered. Eventually, a homeless man directs me in the right direction. And so I get there, but I'm, like, texting. I'm a little bit late. I show up a little sweaty to this nice place. And so we get there, and it's fine. He wasn't that interesting, and he took himself pretty seriously, I would say. Like, he, turns out, had written a book about, like, your digital afterlife, and I made a joke about what his Amazon ratings were, and he knew them, like, exactly, and he was also the kind of guy who was, like, said something to the waitress and then was like, it's nice to be nice to the waitresses here, so they they treat you well. So it's just, like, not really my cup of tea. Not horrible, but, like, kind of a nice guy. What were his Amazon reviews? You know, I don't remember. I truly, I'll have to ask my friend Jen. She remembers his name. I don't know. Okay. It sounded like a, I'm like, I work in digital and that sounds like a really boring book. But so the date is fine. I leave being like, eh, I would maybe consider another date, but it's probably a no-go. Don't think much about it until the next day I go to dinner with one of my best friends, Jess, who is married to her high school sweetheart and her sister was getting married at the time. So we were at dinner with a big group of friends and then she asked me about the date. I told her about it. We moved on. Like 30 minutes later, I overheard Drew, who is one of my best friend's husbands, talking about this bachelor party in Charleston that he was going on the next weekend that he wasn't that excited about. Some of the guys seemed like kind of lame. It was like Jess's sister's fiance's bachelor party. So basically Drew was going on his future brother-in-law through Jess's sister. It's probably kind of confusing. Basically, one of my best friend's husbands was going to be on a bachelor party with, we figured out, the guy I had just gone on a date with. So I was like, this is hilarious. We have to play a joke. Like this is just too small of a world because other than that, we literally no connections. And so Drew and I started scheming and I was like, what if you pretended I was your wife? (laughs) And so Drew, (laughs) we took a picture together or maybe he took a picture just of me and set it as his phone background. So all the guys, they go on the bachelor party like a week later. And, and I think the other guys were in on the joke. They were all sitting around like getting to know each other. (laughs) So then Drew was like, Hey man, I'm so excited for you. I love being married. I love my wife so much. Things have felt a little weird recently. Like, I'm really nervous she's seeing other guys. But, like, I love my wife. Whatever. <laughs> so then he was like, oh everyone, look how, look how pretty she is. <laughs> and passes around the phone. And Evan, his name was Evan, was the last one to get it. And Drew's texting me during this. He was like, The plan is working perfectly. Evan saw the phone. He did a triple take. He quickly asked me, what is your wife's name? I said, Sarah. He excused himself to make a phone call. (laughs) 
So I don't know who the heck he called. He certainly didn't call me. Whatever. When he came back in, they were all like, ha ha ha. It's a joke. Moved on. I never heard from this guy again. And I also think I have ruined his life because now <laughs> this is like everyone's favorite joke. Apparently oh, like, no. at, at the wedding, everyone kept coming up to Drew and being like, so this is your wife. And he was like, no, really? Like, this is my wife. <laughs> and so it was like literally the funniest thing that's ever happened to this friend group. And then I forgot about this. And months later, I went to a basketball game with Jess and then her sister and her husband. And he got really excited when he met me and I had forgotten this had happened. And he was like, you're Drew's wife. And I was like, what? No, I'm not. And then I made the connection. And so, like, he took a picture with both Jess and I and was sending it to the group of, like, just hanging with Jess wives and whatever. So, truly pretty harmless um, and definitely not the guy for me because that was hilarious and I never heard from him again. But, yeah, that was <laughs> just a memorable date story. <laughs> yeah. Only you would think to do that. I would never have thought to do that. Oh, man. I love a good little prank. <laughs> I have been sitting here like thrilled butterflies in my stomach, like this whole story, (laughs) trying not to laugh through the whole time you're talking, but that is genius. And truly the only disappointing part of the story is that they told him it was a joke. Like, I kind of wish they had never said anything. No, But do you? Yes. That's not funny to let him think that. (laughs) No. And I think why I felt fine with it is like, we're not harming him. You know, like it was harmless. It was short. But I want to know who he called. Like, who Mm -hmm. who was he on the phone with? I mean, he was probably panicking. Like, oh shit. Yeah. Honestly, I I wouldn't be surprised. He was like, Mom, I'm scared. Pick me up. I mean, it is a shame that he didn't think yeah. it was funny. Like, I I know. Yeah. That's what I'm like. Oh, well, that's pretty funny and pretty harmless. So we're definitely yeah. not meant to be. Yeah. Oh, so. man. I hope you run into him sometime. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know if I'd recognize him, but I probably ruined his life. So he would recognize me. <laughs> He'd probably order yes. you like the least favorable side. Probably. <laughs> okay, you can't make a joke that everybody listening doesn't understand. Before this podcast, Erica, Sarah, and I went to dinner, and Sarah was late, so Erica ordered her food and ordered her the least favorable side as <laughs> as punishment. Yes. Was her consequence? Not even a little bit. We have a really great relationship. <laughs> Sarah, I think it's funny that you led out this whole podcast with. A date that doesn't necessarily put you in an unfavorable light. I'm excited oh, to well. hear about your second one. <laughs> the other oh, one is very different. There's more to come. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Erica, are you ready? Yeah, mine's uh, mine's a little lengthy and a little bit detailed, but it is it worth is worth it. the listen. <laughs> oh my god! This is and I need to disclaimer. This is real. Like I'm not making this up. This actually <laughs> oh <my> happened. <laughs> so. Uh, this was, yeah, this is great. This this was a few years ago. Um, I met some guy on some dating app. I I don't remember which one. He was a firefighter and, uh, his profile looked great. He, you know, decent body, nice face. He context wise, like he had good grammar, you know, he seemed like he had it. It is important. (laughs) And Uh, not as common as you'd think. No, No. it's a real thing. So he had a job. He had a job. He was a good, yeah, cool firefighter. Like on paper, he was checking a lot of boxes. Mm-hmm. So uh, we 
matched and got to chatting and things were going great. And he asked if uh, I wanted to go out to dinner. And I was like, absolutely. I do have this kind of rule for myself only when I go on first dates, not when I go on follow-ups. So my rule for first dates is I always schedule them or like plan for them when I have a reason to leave at like the two hour mark. Like that's just my rule. So there's always a reason to like have to get up and go. So on this night, it was a Monday night. Uh, I had a flag football, a late flag football game that I had to go to. And I told him like, Hey, if we meet in this area, I'll be really close to the field, but like we'll have a couple of hours to get to know each other. He's like, great. So we meet at this restaurant. I get a text from him and he has told me that he's gotten there a little bit early. He hasn't gotten a table yet, but he, is standing like just inside to the right of the door. And I said, great. Like I'm really close and pulling up. So I pull in, I go in the restaurant. He's standing there. Red flag. Number one, his pictures and his profile are at least 10 to 15 years old. Like he's much older than he looks. And I knew he was older than me. He, I, I think I remember I was like 26 or 27 at the time. And I think he was like in his mid to late thirties. It was like kind of the edge of my age range for online dating. But he looked much older than his pictures. So that was red flag number one. But I said, Erica, you know what? You're not going to be that girl. Okay, wait. So you're saying that in in the photos or on his profile, it said, did it say he was like in late 40s? Yes. His okay. age was disclosed, but his okay. pictures looked like they were 10 years old. Like he was much younger. Okay. So he appeared when you saw him to maybe be like 50. Oof, that's aggressive. Like I would say like <laughs> early 40s. He just okay. had a lot more wrinkles than I was expecting. Like how old was he actually? He was like 37 or 38, okay. but it looked like he had mm. basically spent his life in the sun. Is kind yeah. of It was like a, if you brought him somewhere, people would pause. Yeah. Sure. You'd be like this is be like, how, are you about to retire? Day? Also keep in mind that Erica was probably in <laughs> I was young. mid I was like 26, 27. Yeah, I think he was yeah, 10 yeah, years yeah. older than me. He was probably like the edge of my my range, typically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. I'm loving this yeah, already. Yeah. So, but I say to myself, Erica, you're not going to be that gal. You are not going to let looks detract you from potentially having an amazing connection with someone. So I ignored that initial flag and we proceeded on the date. To be fair, the date was actually really good. Like, we sat down. We had dinner. He, like, held a conversation super well. Like, there was no awkwardness he paid for dinner he ordered margaritas for both of us like i was like okay i'm, I'm here for it like who cares what he looks like like if he order, order if he orders margaritas i mean what do you have to complain about i'm here for it is that's exactly it and i was like i'm glad that i have proceeded with this interaction so we wrap up dinner and he knows that like i have to be somewhere by eight but we have some time and it's like a nice night out and he's like I know you have some time. Like, do you mind walking and like just like chatting and getting to know each other a little bit before you have to leave? I was like, sure, that'll be nice. So we're walking and he starts the walk with, listen, I'm the type of guy who just likes to get it all out on the table to just be completely honest, like no secrets, just like make sure like everything's out there. So we go on this walk and, and to be fair, He's kind of like laying it all out there. I'm the exact opposite of that. I'm someone who doesn't share a lot with anyone, even my close friends. They really have to peel back those layers. I have to ask Erica very specifically if she has been on any dates or she will not volunteer the information. Yeah, I don't share. I'm not a sharer. It's just not in me. I'm very private. I have no reason to be like there's no traumatic events that would force me to be private. It's just the way that I am. 
So this guy's coming in hot. And I'm like, oh, great. So I'm like, okay, you know, again, we're we're not going to let the second red flag deter anything. He likes to be honest. I appreciate honesty. I'm very blunt individual, so that's fine. So he goes in and he's like, I got to tell you, I've been divorced twice. And I'm like, oh, geez. Okay, fine. That's fine. And he says, you know, my first marriage, we just got married way too young. Like we were, we were 21. Like we could barely drink at our wedding. We were good friends throughout college and we just, we made a hasty decision. We're married for a few years, realized that like we were not meant to spend our lives together. Ended up mutually parting ways, still friends, you know, no hard feelings, but at the same time, like it didn't work out. He's like, so, you know, that was my first failed marriage. He said, my second failed marriage. He said, I didn't date for a while after I got divorced. He was like, but I ended up meeting this girl a few years later and we just hit it off right away. It was, it was a really like fast connection. We were married within like seven months of meeting each other. And he's like, she had been married before too. So we just kind of felt like, you know, we know when it's right. Clearly (laughs) they didn't know when it was right because they got divorced soon after. Well, the reason apparently for this divorce was they've been married for a few years, he said, and, uh, but things have been going downhill. They'd been fighting a lot. Not like, like, I guess he hadn't really been living at their home very much. Well, there was, uh, one day, uh, he was at work and he was called to a house fire that ended up being really, really bad. There were like, I guess like some pets or something left inside the building. And so he and another firefighter had to like try to go in and rescue something, but Something ended up happening. He got trapped in the building and to the point where like he ended up, yeah, passing out. He had to be rescued. He had like really bad burns all over his body and he was, he was pulled out, but he was put in a medically induced coma for like several weeks to recover in the hospital. And I'm like, oh, jeez. Okay. I am overwhelmed by the amount of information that he's giving you. I feel like this is the point in the story where you're like, oh my God, how, like, how does this guy exist? And there is still more. And we haven't even made it to the end of this road yet. Like, I still have to turn around and go back to the car, okay? This is where we're like, at. Like, how, sl- how slowly are you walking? <laughs> well, I mean, we probably walked. Like, it was probably like, you know, 10 minutes down, 10 minutes back. We probably okay, walked okay. like, you know, half a mile down, half a mile back. That's probably like where we were at. We were in like downtown Raleigh. So, like, it wasn't – it was kind of yeah. casual. But, just yeah. just you in this. This is a Lifetime movie. It is a Lifetime It movie. should be – but one of the scary kind. Okay, not the happy mm. ending ones. Like the Okay, Crisis Lifetime if you're kind. listening. Oh, I like it. Lifetime <laughs> that, if you're listening, <laughs> we have a story for you. Honestly, this would be a great movie. For me. It would be. <laughs> okay, he's in a coma. All right, he's in a medically induced coma. He says to me that while he's in this coma, though, he supposedly can hear certain conversations happening. He can sense when other people in the room, like he's kind of in and out a little bit. So while he's in this coma, apparently he hears his wife, who's in the room, saying to someone, I don't know who she's talking to, but saying that he should have just died in that fire. Like, it would have been better for everyone if he had just not made it out of that accident. So, I know. So he comes to, apparently, and he addresses it with her. She does not deny that she said anything. So, long story short. They also end up getting divorced. Surprise, I mean, surprise. Yeah. What do you do at that point? Your you wife just get wished divorced. you dead. I think you have yeah. to divorce her. Yeah. It, I was going downhill anyways from the sound of it. One thing I will say, I've always said and I live by, if they only dated for seven months, I want to date someone for at least a year before you would even think about getting married because 
what if you're crazy in the wintertime? Or like, what if it's a beautiful day and you don't want to sit outside? We're going to have major conflict. So it's just my, it's been my thought process. I love that logic. What if you're crazy in the wintertime? <laughs> That's amazing. Him being crazy in the wintertime is, I think, the least of my concerns right now. <laughs> Okay, so we're two divorces in, and we've just made it to the end of this road. Okay, I gotta go back to my car still. Okay, which is you got a flag football game to win. I have a flag football game to go to. Yeah, if the sooner I could get there, the better. So we turn around, we're walking back to the car, and at this point, he's like, "So as you can imagine, I've sworn off women for a while," and I was like, "Yeah, I, I get that." So he says, I was not intending to, you know, date anyone for a while. Absolutely not intending to get married for a very long time. But a friend just introduced him to this girl and they had an immediate connection. Both of them, I think, had had really tough previous relationships. Neither of them had any interest in getting married. They were just taking it very slow, but like still being together. Things were going great. All was good with the world. So then he uh, apparently... He was working at the fire station and I guess he offered to cover like the next shift for someone who didn't come in. So he tells me that that night, I guess she was supposed to come and stay with him at his house that night, but he had to call her to tell her that he wasn't going to be home until like 1, 1 a.m. because he was, he offered to cover this other person's shift so that she should just like stay at her house that night and he'd catch up with her the next day. So I guess she says, fine, all goes according to plan. He finishes that shift. He gets home. He thinks it's like a little bit weird that he hasn't heard from her, but ends up just like going to bed because he also still had to work the next day. He had another shift, his like regular shift that he was going to cover. So he gets up the next morning. He says he tries to like contact her, reach out to her. He doesn't hear from her. He's like thinking that like she's pissed at him for basically blowing her off and them not, you know, continuing with their plans the night before. So he goes to work. Um, he still doesn't hear from her. So he thinks it's like a little bit weird. He ends up like contacting, I guess, one of her good friends. She hasn't heard from her either, but he can't really do anything about it because he, again, he's at work fighting fires. Well, apparently like one of his buddies who uh, was on the police force knew they were dating, ended up coming to find him at work that day and basically comes to tell him that she's been murdered. <gasps> she was, yeah, she was murdered and murdered the night before. Okay, so he's like, what the heck happened? Apparently, it's an ex-boyfriend. And they caught the guy. He turned himself in. It is. (laughs) He ended up confessing to the whole thing. Apparently, he strangled her to death. This is terrible. So we shouldn't be laughing. But he strangled her to death. And apparently, he was planning on doing it. He was planning on killing actually both of them. This guy that I was dating and her. I was like, revenge. But he saw this guy, I guess they were walk. he was like stalking them and he saw them walk into her apartment or house or whatever one night and noticed that the firefighter had like a gun on his hip, like holstered on yeah. his hip and didn't end up doing anything about it, waited for her to be alone. But they said he basically like, she was home alone that night and he knocked on her door, basically sweet talked his way in and said that like he needed some closure. They just needed to like talk through some things and then, yeah, just like ended up killing her, mm. which is, which is terrible. But Think about me in this situation. I'm, we're just not at the car yet, okay? <laughs> I'm not murdered, but think about me. But think <laughs> about me. The real victim in this story. <laughs> so we're walking. We finally get back to the car. And I'm like, I just need to get in. I need to get in. I need to get in. And he's like, so I know that was a lot. 
Uh, yeah, it is. Um, what are you saying? Like, are you like Nothing. Silent? I'm silent? Okay. <laughs> silent. I would be like, no. this is, I, like, yeah, I would feel like I would be speechless. I, like, I think this is I, insane. Yeah. I think when he said that she'd been murdered, I think I might have gasped similarly sure. to you. But I think mm-hmm. other than that, I'm just taking it all in. <laughs> You're like, I have to memorize everything he just told me in case I ever need it for a podcast. <laughs> this will never leave my brain. This will yeah, absolutely never leave good. my brain. I've it's also my had to tell. favorite story to tell. I've had to tell the story so many times that I will never forget it at this point. Yeah. Um, like, that's weird. On first dates, I usually want to talk about what sports teams I like. Well, this so is I'm the best part. All of this. <laughs> the best part is we get back to the car, finally. And he's like, so I know there's a lot. Like, he was like, but, you know, I just, I'm one of those guys. Like, I just like to get it all out on the table. He's like, my friends tell me I shouldn't be so honest up front. And I'm like, yeah, thank <laughs> But he's like, but that's just my personality. That's who I. That's who I am. Then he has the gall to say to me, he was like, "So you just you don't share a lot on the first date." And I was like, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Like, <laughs> I have a sibling. My parents are still together. I grew up in this town. Check. <laughs> I don't so, know anybody that's been murdered. I I don't know how to follow this up. So I uh. We end up, I, I leave. He says, listen, he's like, I know it's a lot, but I want you to like think about it. And if I would love to see you again. And I'm like, okay, great. Like I will text you. So I get in the car. I drive away as fast as I possibly can. I immediately text Sarah and I'm like, she, we were me at the football game. And I was like, are you going to be there early? Man, do I have a story to tell you? And that's where this, <laughs> this whole thing spiraled. So we talked through this the whole night. I called and talked to so many other friends about this and like told them the story. And they thought that was amazing. And I was like, I don't see him again. Right. And everyone was like, no. <laughs> So I ended okay, up- here's the thing. That's a lot for the first date. But think if you've been dating him for six months and he was like, by the way, I have two ex-wives and a murdered girlfriend. Like, when is You're the right, right time I, to do I that? I think there's a happy medium. Like, maybe date three, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He probably doesn't have a lot of second dates. <laughs> I don't think he gets to date three very often. I'm, yeah. Or if he does, it's like he's going to get murdered because someone's like, ooh, I love crime, you know? <laughs> exactly. So yeah. he did end up texting me the next day. And I think my response to him was like, listen, I think we're just in very different places in our lives. And I was like, and I, I think I was so honest. I was like, I don't think I'm emotionally capable of handling this type of relationship right now. And he was like, okay, that's fair. I get it. And I was like, all right, peace out, dude. Thanks for the story. Good for you for being honest. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the least I could do. He was so honest with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm glad that he had like a nice response. Like he's just like, I yeah, get it. Okay, chill. cool. Yeah. He wasn't a he wasn't a loser. Like he's a really nice guy. He's just scared the crap out of me. Yeah, I feel like it would have been different <laughs> if you really liked him. Like that's a situation mm-hmm. where maybe we would like see where it's gonna go. But no. Mm-mm. I didn't have a chance to really like him. I didn't that we didn't we didn't hang out long enough. <laughs> well, also I feel like there were other red flags that you were not happy about. Yeah, his looks. <laughs> lying about his his photographs yeah well, it looks but also yeah deceiving of what mm-hmm. you were you didn't get what you signed up for however bought margaritas so like i don't know like where so you gotta find the balance i mean i, I think the murder outweighed the margaritas yeah. yes that murder outweighs wild. margaritas yeah it was crazy <laughs> honestly i'm so glad it happened because the story is amazing and it is i love telling it and yeah I hated it in the moment, but I've loved it ever since. <laughs> if he ever hears this podcast, I just want to say we appreciate you. Yeah. I don't even remember his name. 
Oh, poor guy. I know. I really don't. <laughs> I just, in my head, I refer to him as a firefighter. Yeah, he's a firefighter. That's all I remember him as, too. He had blonde hair. I remember that. He was pretty tall. Good bod, but just, <laughs> I mean, that was about it. he's a firefighter. It. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow, wow, wow. That was excellent. Thanks. So good. <laughs> all right, Sarah. You ready for number two? So... This is definitely a little more lighthearted than what Erica just shared. I don't know if this is lighthearted, Sarah. I don't realize yeah, if you true. know the situation that you almost put yourself in on this day. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I do feel like one of the running themes here is that when you're young, sometimes you make mistakes when you're dating. Just like a little naive, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Your frontal lobe isn't fully developed yet, you know? Like, it's just now, like, firming up when you're in your mid-20s, so. Nice. Yeah, we'll go with that. It's funny, too. I'm glad I didn't give up on online dating because I met my now fiance. Actually, I almost canceled our first date, but, um, you know, didn't. So here we are. But um, so this was at a stage where I was like, you know what? I feel like I need to be a little more open minded because I had been going out with like a similar type of person. And just It was what I thought I wanted. It just wasn't really working. So I had gone out. With one Indian guy before this, and he was really cool. Just like some cultural differences made it pretty clear it wasn't going to work. And I don't know why. Indian men loved me on the apps. Like I got so many messages from Indian men that I was like, you know what? I am being open-minded. So yes, I will do this. So we went to go get drinks at the Durham Hotel, which is like a cool rooftop bar in Durham. I walk up and I see him standing there waiting for me. And I get there. And he hands me a bag of Cheetos. <laughs> were they flaming hot Cheetos, though? They were not. I think they were just normal Cheetos, kind of like those you got in your lunchbox growing up that had like a little, like one, two, or three on the back, like nah. single serving size Cheetos. Sure. So my initial thought is okay, this could be three things. <laughs> Did he also have, <laughs> sorry. Did he also have a bag of Cheetos? No, one bag of single serve Cheetos. Then and he, he handed gave them to, to you. He gave to me and said nothing. He just handed them to me and said nothing. Right off the bat. Right off the bat. First thing, I was like, hi, Cheetos. <laughs> and so I was like, either one, you bring snacks to dates. That's kind of cool. Two, <laughs> this is the first of many misunderstandings that we have here. Three, which I think is most likely, he got me mixed up with someone else and had been talking about Cheetos with someone else and... Because I was like, oh, Cheetos. Like, maybe he expected more of a reaction. So I think you got right. mixed up with someone else. I think that's logical, Sarah. I think that's a logical thought. I was thinking also maybe he like didn't want to have to pay for an appetizer. Ooh. <laughs> and maybe. So he was like, maybe if she be. gets a snack before, she won't want to order like anything at the bar. <laughs> that's true. I don't recall exactly. Like, I don't think paying was an issue on this date. But... Yeah. As online dates go, you pretty much know if it's going to be a a hard no pretty quickly. So within the first few minutes, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a no. And so something that I I have what I call my question book that over the last, like, pretty much since college, I've just been coming up with questions over time. It's in a note in my phone. And it's a really fun game to play with friends or sometimes on a first date that you say, like, hey, pick a number between 1 and 163. And then I scroll and say it and whatever. So pretty quickly into this date, I was like, oh, I have this question book. Like, should we play? Because I was bored. It wasn't good. Whatever. And so one of the first questions that came up was, what is your most awkward work moment? 
And so I think I even went first to give context about like what type of story we should should share. So I can't remember if it was the story of like, oh, I was going to go play tennis with my friend Nick after work and I hid in his truck and then he didn't come out for 30 minutes and people were next to me and it was terrible. I overheard like a bunch of conversations I shouldn't have and then I couldn't get out because it was 5.15 and everyone was leaving. (laughs) That's a different podcast. day. I was literally just thinking, I think we should probably have a podcast where we just let Sarah come on and tell all of her stories because that is a funny one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 I need to hear all the details of that. (laughs) (laughs) Also one other one, like I was at my new job and um, I had my own office. I work for our CEO and I was really hungry. So I thought I'd just sneak a quick like finger of peanut butter out of the jar, caught literal peanut butter handed, like with my finger in my mouth, my boss walked in and I just said, Oh, awkward peanut butter moment. Like whatever. So he has context as to what, type of story we're telling. So he was like, oh, yeah, one time I hit on the person who was training me and it didn't go well. And I was like, (laughs) okay, whatever. So I'm like, okay, like, let's wrap this up. Like, this is this is not going well. I'm probably going to go to my best friend's house in Durham after this and laugh about this. So then we're leaving and he was like, do you like art? And I was like, yeah, I like art. And he was like, well, at the bottom of my apartment complex, there's a gallery. Do you want to see it? And it was on the way to my car. I was like, you know what? Whatever. Sure. We walk in. And it re- there really was an art gallery there. We go and there is like a true small art gallery at the bo- bottom of the complex. And I don't remember much about the art. I remember thinking it was like kind of cool, pretty weird. Whatever. So I was like, okay, great. Cool. I'm going to leave. And then he said, there's another art gallery on the fifth floor. Would you like to see? And this was a place, too, where, like, all along the walls, there's different art. And it was kind of a ritzy thing. And so I'm, like, I think probably 25 or 26, similar age, Erica was. And I was like, you know what? Whatever. Like, I'll see one more gallery and then I'll leave. And then probably to no one's shock other than mine, all of a sudden we're, like, at his apartment. (laughs) And so I'm like, okay, whatever. And so I'm like, okay, I see what's going on here. Like, I'm, I'm going to go. And he like pretty much kind of grabs my face trying to kiss me. And I'm like, like really trying to squiggle away, like whatever. So then like, I think maybe we kiss one time and I'm like, okay, I'm leaving. He tries to kind of grab me again, which I'll give context to. I think if it came down to it, if we got in a fight, I would have kicked his ass. Like he was not a very big guy, (laughs) you know, and I like to think I'm fairly strong in fight or flight. Hopefully I would fight. I don't know. At no point did I truly feel threatened at all, but I was like, oh, this is a situation I shouldn't be in, whatever. So then literally I'm like pushing my hand to his face and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to leave, whatever. And so he's like, can I walk you to your car? Wait, wait, wait. We have to rewind a second because the important part of that story is he tried to kiss her and she literally stuck her hand in his face. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Pushed it forcefully away. Yeah. So then keep in mind, I have literally just pushed his face away when he tried to kiss me. And then he said, can I walk you to your car? And I was like, no, I'm good. Whatever. Then he looks at me. He said, okay, when will I see you again? (laughs) And I'm like, in what world has this gone well? You know, uh, I can't remember exactly what I said. I think I said, 
never or so, you know i don't know i think you probably but, said it nicer than that because you're a nice person but it, it yeah. was the answer was no i think i was like we're not gonna see each other again i wish i'd been a little smarter about it but, but like yeah. what person thinks that yeah. after i turn you away with my hand in your face that we're gonna have a second date right yeah yeah so this guy. how long yeah. have you guys been together at this point is this like an hour in 20 minutes. If I were to guess, it was about 30 minutes. Wow. I think I probably kept it going a little while out of politeness. But once we got the whole, like, oh, I hit on my trainer and it went poorly in the workplace, I was like, I don't want to even pretend for 20 more minutes. So, (laughs) also, did you, did you eat the Cheetos? Okay. (laughs) I did. I think mid date, I did get hungry and I ate the Cheetos and I did not share them, <laughs> but I was glad. I, I think we were like halfway through the drink, probably shortly after I got weird, the weird responses. And I was like, you know what? This is a bad date, but I got a cocktail and I have some Cheetos. So okay. yeah, I did okay. eat them after that, I think. Okay. Okay. Just wanted to clear that up for everybody. Also, I distinctly remember when you told me the story, we were on the treadmills at the gym yes. and you told me the story and I had, I think I might've had to stop the treadmill because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> Yeah, it was a um, it was a doozy. <laughs> There's yeah, at least a common theme here, though. Sarah and I, no matter the number of red flags, can be persuaded by food and booze. <laughs> like, we can keep it going if good food and booze are involved. <laughs> True. I mean, give me a bag of Cheetos. If it had been cheese puffs, you know, maybe we'd be married right now. But <laughs> honestly, if some guy showed up to a date with me and handed me a bag of specifically flaming hot Cheetos, I would be like, "Yes, we should do this." Yeah. <laughs> right. You, you see tomorrow. me. You, you get me. Yeah. 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 So that Holy was that moly. one. <laughs> These are like really outstanding date stories. <laughs> I feel like Erica and Sarah are my two friends who have done the most dating. So in a sea of men, they have some good yeah. stories. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, thank you is. for sharing with us. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was a treat. I'm so it. glad to have these immortalized. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my gosh. The next time somebody's like, what's a good story you have? I'm going to be like, um, you just need to listen to episode oh 43 gosh. of Like Hearted. Those are my best stories. They're not from me, but they're there. <laughs> Thank you all so much. This was highly entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Good. I, yeah, this is funny. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. These were so fun to hear. I had not heard any of these stories before. I mean, I've heard Sarah and Erica's stories many times before, and I laugh every single time. They're so good. Yeah. It made me think of, you know, how in magazines, like Cosmo and People and whatever, there will be those random pages and there's all these like crazy little dating stories that are like really short snippets. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of that, but I was like, these stories all truly deserve to be in a magazine. I mean, or a Lifetime movie, like we said, I feel like oh, yeah. Lifetime should give us a call. I think they should too. They're missing out. This could be huge for them. Yeah. So thank you to Sarah, Erica, and Christian. And if you guys have any good dating stories, we absolutely want to hear them. We really do. send us an email at likeheartedpodcast at gmail.com. And check out these three lovely ladies on our Instagram at likeheartedpod. Talk to you in two weeks. See ya. (laughs) 